This is part two of a three-part mini-series on thankfulness. And the title today is When Thanksgiving Leads to Victory. When Thanksgiving Leads to Victory. Bear with me, you'll find out what it's about in just a minute. So uh, my goal from this is to raise our view of the value of thankfulness to a whole new level. And I'm going to do that in three parts. First of all, I'm going to look at thanking God in difficult circumstances, then making thanksgiving part of the story of our lives. And then I'm going to end by going to the title, Thanksgiving as a Weapon. So, first of all, let's go to Philippians chapter 1 and chapter 4. In Philippians 1, he begins the epistle by saying, I thank my God every time I remember you. And then in chapter 4, he says, be anxious about nothing, but in everything, and this includes difficult circumstances, by prayer, so that's worshipping, and petition, that's expressing needs, with thankfulness, sorry, with thanksgiving, that's the gratitude, let your requests be made known to God. And then he says, and the peace of God, so that's God's own peace, the peace that God has, which surpasses all understanding, will stand guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is um, quite amazing verse, verses, um, just um, promising this peace that we're given and promising that um, this is coming out of a situation where whatever is happening, uh, whatever the circumstances, it's, it's, we can be thankful. So do you remember what happened at Philippi? This is written to the Philippians. Do you remember what happened when the church got started or just before the church got started there? Paul had quite the experience there, if you remember. Um, let's just have a look in Acts. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stock. So Paul was put into prison uh, with Silas. And then about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. So this would have been the thankfulness. This is exactly what he's talking about when he says, in everything, in the previous thing I read. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all of the, all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. So I don't want to turn this into a formula, but I don't think it, it's an accident that, I don't think it's a mistake to say that the thanksgiving immediately preceded this amazing act of God. And so this is why I'm going to be arguing it's a weapon, because it's actually leading to this breakthrough event that happened. Um, so it's a constant theme that Paul has, that in all circumstances we should be thankful. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then uh, Colossians 3, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. So this idea of 
having God's peace in our hearts is something which uh, is, I think, very interesting. Um, the idea that that thankfulness can actually bring us peace. That when we're anxious, that thankfulness is like a weapon against anxiety. And you may have noticed that in the previous verses I read from Philippians, the one I started from. If we look, I'm going to go back to Philippians chapter four and point that out. Be anxious about nothing. So this is anxiety. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thankfulness, let your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will stand guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this is a, a weapon then against anxiety, bringing peace. It seems to be there's this connection with thanksgiving and bringing peace in several places. So that's, that's quite briefly, that's my first point, thanking God in difficult circumstances. What I want to now look at um, is, particularly from one of the Psalms, is making thanksgiving part of the story of our lives. So this event that happened in Philippi, in the prison, became part of the story of Paul's life. And I want to talk about doing this ourselves and then go on to be more explicit about thanksgiving as a weapon. So let's look at Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his loyal love endures. Let those delivered by the Lord speak out those whom he delivered from the power of the enemy and gathered from foreign lands, from east and west, from north and south. And then we have some stories. So here's the first one. Some wandered through the wilderness in a wasteland. They found no road to a city in which to live. They were hungry and thirsty. They fainted from exhaustion. They cried out to the Lord in their distress. He delivered them from their troubles. He led them on a level road that they might find a city in which to live. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loyal love and for the amazing things he has done for people. For he has satisfied those who thirst and those who hunger, he's filled with food. And we're going to see this kind of structure these little stories somebody's in trouble they cry to god he saves them and then they give thanks some sat in utter darkness bound in painful iron chains because they had rebelled against god's commands and rejected the instructions of the most high so he used suffering to humble them they stumbled and no one helped them up they cried out to the lord in their distress he delivered them from their troubles. He brought them up. He brought them out of the utter darkness and tore off their shackles. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loyal love and for the amazing things he's done for people. For he has shattered the bronze gates and hacked through the iron bars. So there's a pattern again that, that, uh, there's a story 
And in that story, God comes through for us when we cry to him. And then we end by bringing our praises to God and our thanks to God for doing that. It's thanksgiving. Some acted like fools in their rebellious ways and suffered because of their sin. They lost their appetite for all food and drew near the gates of death. So this is talking about sickness. They cried out to the Lord in their distress. He delivered them from their troubles. He sent them an assuring word and healed them. He rescued them from the pits where they were trapped. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loyal love and for the amazing things he's done for people. Let them present thank offerings and loudly proclaim what he's done. Loudly proclaim what he's done. You're getting the picture of the stories now. So here's another one. Some travelled on the sea in ships and carried cargo over the vast waters. They witnessed the acts of the Lord, his amazing feats in deep water. He gave the order for a windstorm. It stirred up the waves of the sea. They reached up to the sky. They dropped into the depths. The sailors' strength left them because the danger was so great. They swayed and staggered like drunks and all their skill proved ineffective. They cried out to the Lord in their distress. He delivered them from their troubles. He calmed the storm. The waves grew silent. The sailors rejoiced because the waves grew quiet. And he led them to the harbour they desired. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loyal love and for the amazing things he has done for people. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people. Let them praise him in the place where the leaders preside. So then we've done those stories. We come to a more general one. He turned streams into a desert, springs of water into arid land, and a fruitful land into a barren place because of the sin of its inhabitants. As for his people, he turned a desert into a pool of water and a dry land into springs of water. He allowed the hungry to settle there and they established a city in which to live. They cultivated fields and planted vineyards which yielded a harvest of fruit. He blessed them So they became very numerous. He would not allow their cattle to decrease in number. As for their enemies, they decreased in number and were beaten down because of painful distress and suffering. He would pour contempt upon princes. He made them wander in a wasteland with no road. Yet he protected the needy from oppression and cared for his families like a flock of sheep. When the godly see this, they rejoice. Every sinner shuts his mouth. Whoever is wise, let him take note of these things. Let them ponder the loyal, loving deeds of the Lord. So it's quite a long psalm, but I wanted to read it all because it's got this beautiful structure to it of telling the stories, four different stories and then a kind of a more general story at the end. And it's just so beautiful, I think, to go through that. Um, so there's um, 
a story that I want to tell, and um, it's my own story, and I want to I want to uh, praise God through my own story. So um, there was a time um, many decades ago when I was just immigrating to Canada, and the second year I was here, um, I renewed my my student, uh, I was a student here, I renewed my visa and everything, and I thought everything was good, but they changed the immigration law since the first year, and in the first year, my children, who had just started school, um, didn't need any kind of visa, they were just covered by me, but they changed the law, so the children were now out of status. This was very serious, because... Um, it, you know, if the worst came to the worst, I would have to leave the country. And I just, you know, I was in the middle of my schooling. Um, so I, um, so I called the, um, I, I called immigration and I spoke to, um, somebody in immigration. Eventually I got through to somebody in immigration and they said, oh, I had to put me through to, um, the Center for Immigration on University. So they put me through to the uh, the center, and um, eventually I got through to somebody, and um, uh, they they said, oh, "You need to come in. You need to come into to the immigration center." And I said, um, just on a whim, I said, um, oh, "Thank you." And um, um, what what was your name? And um, she said, "Oh, um, my, my name my name's Angie." So. Uh, and she told me if they, if they brought it in and they, I, they could deal with my immigration when I came in. So anyway, um, I remember taking the subway across and walking down from the subway in, in, uh, in university. And as I was walking down, I was praying, God, I know you want me to be here in Canada and I know that I'm doing you well here, but this just seems like a huge problem. Um, uh, please, would you come through for me? And you know, you are, Avenue's got these university rather's got these great big buildings up um, each side, and it's um, walking down between them. I was thinking of the story of um, it's um, Elisha and Gehazi, and Elisha's in a city where they're being attacked by the enemies, and um, Gehazi, the servant, is very frightened by this. And Elisha prays that God will open Gehazi's eyes. And he opens his eyes and Gehazi sees that the mountains all around are all covered in God's chariots. And the enemy is much smaller than these angelic armies that are there. And as I was walking down, I was imagining that the these huge buildings in the university um, would, were, um, they were... Uh, covered in God's chariots. And I thought, you know, if, if what can what can these immigration officials do if God wants me here in Canada? You know, what can they do to me? So I was just thinking about this and, and praising God for this and um, uh, and thanking him that I could trust him. So when I actually went into immigration, I was, um, I was, you know, I, I was really praising God that he, you know, he was sovereign. And there was a great long lineup to wait. I probably had to wait half an hour. And as I got nearer the front, I could hear what the people were being told. They were being told, um, here's a form, fill it out, send it to Saskatchewan, and you'll be here back in the next month or so. And I thought, oh dear, that's no good. That wouldn't be any good at all. Um, but um, uh, I, I thought, well, 
um, I'm, you know, I'm trusting God. So I, I, when I got to the front, uh, the same thing happened to me. She said, oh, here's a form, fill this out, send it to this address in Saskatchewan, you'll hear back. And I just said, um, you know, Angie told me that um, if I brought, if I came in now, you could deal with it now. And they said, Angie told you? Yes, I said. Oh. And the woman turned to the one next to her and she said, An- Angie told him he could come right down now. Oh, is that right? Oh. And like, I just didn't say anything. I just watched as God worked. And uh, then she said, um, hey, excuse me, um, to one of the immigration consultants, one of the processors over the side, do you have anybody waiting there? This, Angie told this guy to come down here and she'd be processed. So I just watched. They sent me over and I sat down and the guy said, oh, wait a minute, get my phone up. And he was working on it. And I knew that there was a problem on my file because I'd gone out of status at one point. And uh, so they started processing it and um, uh, he was looking through it and he got my material. And then he suddenly said, um, oh, I see you. Looks like you went out of status. Oh, must be a mistake. I'll delete it. And he just like he just carried on, and I walked out of that building with all of my immigration stuff completely up to date, everything sorted out. And um, I that was just like God was amazing, and it was like um, uh, God uh, God had, had had won this battle for me and he defeated the enemy and I just wanted to sing this song of praise to him and it's something that um, has really become part of my life that it's a, it's a story of my life that God answered my prayer he came through to me against ridiculous odds and he came through and he's there for me and I know he's there for me and uh, that that was that's part of my story and what I want to encourage you is to have your stories of God being there for you and answering your prayer. Um, and that story can be part of your thankfulness about being part of the story of your life. So I want to say then, just as these people in Psalm 107 had thankfulness as a story in their life, um, I want make, to make you to make thanksgiving a part of the story in your life. And Think of some stories that God has done and just make them part of your life. So um, I'm now going to go on to Thanksgiving as a weapon. Now, I originally entitled this sermon Thankfulness as a Weapon. What's the difference between thankfulness and thanksgiving? Can you tell me the difference? Thankfulness and thanksgiving. Well, thankfulness is something that's an attitude in your heart. Thanksgiving is when you speak it out. It starts with thankfulness, but thanksgiving is telling the story. And this is why I'm saying that it's thanksgiving that is the weapon. When you tell others or you tell God or you sing it, that is thanksgiving. It's thanksgiving that is the weapon. In Colossians 4, we read, In prayer, continue steadfastly, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And in those days, prayer would have been vocal. It was it was uh, unusual to have silent prayer. Praying at the same time also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which 
I am also in chains, that I may reveal it as I ought to speak. And so Paul is is saying that um, actually, if they are if they are praying in verse two with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, it's actually weaponizing Paul's uh, missionary activity. He says, "You pray, pray, being vigilant with with thanksgiving. Do that, and then God will open a door to us to speak the mystery of Christ, and I can reveal it." So there's a very close connection there between thanksgiving and actually the the, the word of God going out. So. I'm saying here that Paul is viewing the thanksgiving as part of the warfare. It's by the warfare of thanksgiving that the gospel goes out. It's part of how we spread the gospel. I mean, it 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 seems surprising, but it's here. It's very clear in the text here. Um, I've got a, a story, my, my own in this, that I want to share with you. Um, um, of, Quite a long time ago, uh, I was in a very, very difficult situation in, in a, in a church situation. And, um, uh, things looked very, very black, very, very difficult. It was very, very hard. And I was, I would pray about this and it came to me to sing a song that I kind of made up. I actually made it up from words from a U2 song, which some of you may recognize. And I just sang this song all the time. And uh, here's here's the words for this song that I sang. All the promises you made to keep me from the cradle, cradle to the grave, but all I want is you. All I want is you. Some of you may know how that tune goes. I'm not going to sing it to you now. <laughs> but I was, and laughing away there because she knows how it, how it goes. Um, uh, then you say you'll give me eyes in a land of blindness, a river in a time of dryness, a harbor in the tempest, but all I want is you. And all the promises you made to keep me from the cradle to the grave, when all I want is you, all I want is you. And I just sang this. I remember for basically a whole day, I was just singing this just quietly to myself all the time. And it was like, God, you know, I actually don't care what happens in the situation, you know, whether whether I win or lose, because I want you. And you've promised to keep me from the cradle to the grave. But actually, what I want is you. And uh, actually, it, it makes me tear up thinking about it because it was such an amazing experience of just connecting with God in singing out this prayer of faith to him the whole day. Well, well God did answer the prayer in quite remarkably. And the whole thing was, well, it wasn't immediate. It took quite a while, but it was all sorted out in the in the end. But I want to say that thankfulness is a weapon that unlocks God's blessings and victory. Now, I don't like using the word unlock because it sounds as if it's kind of locked and God doesn't want to give it to us. But there's a sense in which it does unlock it. There's a sense in which it it released to come forth um, and and God responds to our, our thankfulness and our thanksgiving, I should say, with this blessing. And there's a great story in, in uh, 2 Chronicles where... Um, Jehoshaphat, one of the kings of the, of Israel, has, kings of Judah, has been a good king in terms of putting away idols. He's really tried to follow God, but now they're being attacked. And it's like, 
He's the one who's really been trying to seek after God, turn the nation away from idolatry. And now this horrific attack. And what does he do? How does he respond to this massive army that's against him? And I just love this story. Um, he responds in song. He responds by by singing praise to God. When he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. So you have the army at the front of the army. You have the singers, you know, they're like the warhead and they're singing thanksgiving to God. And then we read, and when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, who'd come against Judah. So they were routed. I won't, you can read the whole story in 2 Chronicles 20, but the enemy was destroyed. How? It was destroyed by thanksgiving. And now perhaps you can understand my title, uh, using thanksgiving as a weapon, because here it is, a weapon that destroys the enemy. So, to bring things to a close, we looked at thanking God in difficult circumstances. We looked at making thanksgiving part of the story of our lives. So we have stories where God did that. God was there, and I can give thanks. And then we looked at thanksgiving as a weapon, actually having victory because we're thankful. Um, so I just want to, to come up with my last slide, quite simply, Give thanks whatever your situation. And just very simple. What's your battle right now? What's it? I don't know what you're in, but I'm sure many of you out there are in some sort of battle, some sort of problem right now. Um, are you anxious? And um, many of us are anxious when uh, things are, 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 don't look good. And I, I don't want to deny that we can have a problem with anxiety. I don't want to say, oh, just do this and it will go away. Because anxiety is a complex thing. Anxiety can be a very difficult thing. I'm not going to say you can instantly get rid of it just uh, you know, by doing a few things. But nevertheless, um, I believe this does contribute to speaking into anxiety. Um, and I would say, um, don't just be thankful. Be thanksgiving. So don't just have the thankfulness in there, but the thanksgiving come out of here. Whether or you're by yourself, because the angels can hear, you can sing, you can make up your own silly songs to God, which is what I was doing. Um, nobody else heard me singing those songs, by the way. I was just like making it up as I went along. Um, but you can, you can be thankful. You can speak to God. And uh, so I want to end by saying, try it this week. You're allowed to make up your own songs. Try um, being, giving thanksgiving this week as a weapon against the things you're up against in this life. Thanksgiving, I want to argue, is one of the greatest weapons that we have for defeating the enemy and coming in to the blessing that God has for us. Let's pray, shall we? Thank you, God, that you have blessed us so richly. Thank you that you've given us Jesus Christ. You've given us uh, so many practical things and so many spiritual things. You've blessed us so richly. Pray, God, that you'll put a, a heart in us to 
to, to sing these praises to you, to say these praises to you, to say these praises in front of other people. Lord, to lift your name up as the God who blesses and hears us. Lord, we, we pray that you will make us a thankful people in Jesus' name. Amen.